Michael Swickert here. Let's talk a little bit about Pluto. No, not the dog in the Disney cartoons. Pluto the planet. Welcome to Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Our award-winning hatch, green and red chili, boy, is it good. It's from locally owned farms in Hatch, New Mexico, the chili capital of the world. A little Pluto history is in order today. Pluto, the ninth planet. No, it's not the ninth planet. Yes, it is the ninth planet. Well, you hear people arguing about that. Me, Michael Swickard, I look up in the sky, and while I can't see more than the planets Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, maybe Saturn, I can't see Pluto, but I know it's out there three to four billion miles from the sun. I know light takes about five hours to travel from our sun up to it, and seeing it even with a telescope is unlikely. But you know what I see? I see in my mind's eye Clyde Tombaugh, who on this day in 1930 was shivering in a very cold Flagstaff, Arizona Lowell Observatory, taking pictures of the sky in the middle of the night. Couldn't have the heat on because that would mess with the pictures. It was 94 years ago this week and about 400 miles from southern New Mexico that the just turning 24-year-old Clyde Tombaugh took two pictures, one week apart on that part of the sky, and after they were developed and put into a special machine, the amount of movement from one bright spot to a, a one week apart was exactly what it would be if this was a planet. He was able to walk down the hall calmly, he says, and tell his boss that they might have found Planet X. That's what they called it back then. They didn't have the name Pluto. They called it Planet X. And that was what Percival Lowell had predicted to be out there somewhere past the Neptune. Fast forward some years and the same Clyde Tombaugh moved to southern New Mexico to work at White Sands Missile Range in optics and to be part of the New Mexico State University Astronomy Department. I first met Professor Clyde Tombaugh in the fall of 1972 when I took his Astronomy 110 class. That was astronomy for the citizens. It was very interesting. And I graduated in 1972. Came back to this area in 1985. I started doing a history project for the Borman car dealerships that looked at New Mexico history and culture, much like what I'm doing now for the Fresh Chili Company. So I interviewed Clyde Tombaugh a number of times and really enjoyed the conversations. And uh, regardless of if the astronomy world wants to call it Pluto a planet, a dwarf planet or whatever, we in southern New Mexico admired the scholarship of Clyde Tombaugh and we we're very glad he spent his last 40 years here in Las Cruces. Some more New Mexico history. It was at this time in 1960 that there was quite a bit of sadness in our area because Daniel Boone Jett, what a good name, Daniel Boone Jett, he had died at age 73. The engineering building on the campus of New Mexico State University, Jet Hall, is named for him. And the good no news is that it was named for him three years before he died, so he got to see that honor. 
He came to Las Cruces to teach at the college at age 40 in 1926, and seven different occasions he was chosen as the most popular faculty member at New Mexico State University. In 1938, he became the dean of the School of Engineering. For some reason, this is what's interesting, he wasn't called Professor Jett, nor was he called Dean Jett. No, he had a much different name. Everyone, and I understand, including the president of the college, used the same name for him, and it was quite an honor. He was Dad Jett to one and all, Dad Jett. He was a father figure to most of the students. So it was at this time in 1960 that Dad Jet died, but his memory continues. Michael Swickard here with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. You can hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. A little more history. At this time in 1869, Eugene Rhodes was born in Nebraska. His father, Henman Rhodes, some years later became superintendent of the Mescalero tribe in Lincoln County, which brought Eugene to our New Mexico territory as a young man. He became a cowboy. That's what he was interested in and was a pretty good cowboy. He also was a pretty good writer a little later in life. He had many novels and short stories about Western life in New Mexico. I've done a podcast on him in these podcasts. You can read about Eugene Rhodes. But I have thought it important that at times I've been around some third or fourth generation residents in our little slice of paradise and smile that their great-grandfather was a name that Eugene Rhodes used in one of his novels. An example, the name Eichert was used in one of the novels. And speaking of names, there's a Rhodes Hall on the campus of New Mexico State University, yes, named for Eugene Rhodes. One thing you should know that in his stories, he describes the landscapes of southern New Mexico. And whenever I leave Alamogordo going west on Highway 70, I look south of the highway just past uh, Holloman Air Force Base. And there's two rather small hills that you see if you look south there. And I think back on a story that Eugene Rhodes told using those two hills as part of the plot. And it makes me smile. More history of New Mexico. At this time in 1869, the boundaries of Lincoln County were drawn. And when they were done drawing, the county encompassed, are you ready for this, about one quarter of the entire state. But at that time, its population was perhaps a thousand people, not, not much more than that. There were very few roads. There were no railroads. And except for the cattle industry, commerce was non-existent. Now, 20 years later, the population of Lincoln County had jumped to over 20,000 as people were attracted to this area for gold mining and prospecting in the White Oaks area and all the stuff. Fort Stanton was started and all these things that were happening. As more people poured into the Lincoln County area, the boundaries by the territorial legislature were redrawn and redrawn several more times to include the counties of Otero, Eddy County, Chavez County, and Roosevelt. And uh, so it, this is the expansion was as more people came, then 
more counties were kind of carved out of Lincoln County. Now this is an important time in southern New Mexico as the farmers are preparing their fields for this year's crops, as they've done every year. Think of all the work that goes into those decisions that they have to make over the winter. They must decide which fields to use for each crop, and they often rotate crops so as to make sure that the next year's crop does well. They must, here in January, make sure they have enough water for the entire growing season. They have enough labor for it. They must anticipate what pests they will have and construct plans to deal with those pests. One thing they have to do is anticipate that there will be catastrophic events perhaps that happen, such as hailstorms, have a plan for those events. Same with the ranchers. Ranchers have the same kind of decision on those things. Last year it hailed on the chili pepper crop, but the chili pepper plants came right back. It wasn't long enough, but it worried everybody. Also last year it was very hot, a very hot summer. They have a hot summer like that about every 30 years which caused the chili peppers to ripen early. So they had to go to market earlier than they were ready to, and, uh, but they made it through. And because the last freeze is in April usually, they start many of the chili plants in Arizona where it doesn't freeze to give them a couple of months of growth before transplanting those uh, plants into the fields. Not, not all crops, but some. And as important as anything else, it is the daily quest to watch the research into what they usually grow to see if there are new things to consider about, say, chili peppers. The Chili Pepper Institute at New Mexico State University is where much of that research is done, and I need to tell you that each year there's a conference. Michael Swickert here with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company you can hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. New Mexico State University's Extension Plant Sciences Department and the Chili Pepper Institute, they're having their 42nd annual New Mexico Chili Conference in Las Cruces the first week in February. The conference will provide the latest chili pepper research and information about chili peppers. Hmm, a lot of fun. The conference is designed for both industry professionals and chili pepper enthusiasts. That would be me. That's what I am. The annual New Mexico Chili Conference will be February 5th and 6th at the Las Cruces Convention Center. And there's going to be a number of interesting speakers and also many breakout sessions that you can go to. There will be over a dozen professional chili industry booths to showcase products and solutions for growers, researchers, processors, and other industry professionals. The Chili Pepper Institute will also have various chili seeds, merchandise, and books that will be available for purchase. And Dr. Paul Bosland and Wendy Hamilton will sign copies of their newest publication. It's good, the official Chili Pepper Institute cookbook. Yes, if you grow a chili, you probably need to do something with it and they've they've shown you that you can use it for cooking now in last week's podcast i taught about talked about letting us know so we could tell the chili farmers what plants that you would like more of for the 2024 harvest but there's another thing you can do 
you can go to the Fresh Chili Company's website. And that's freshchilico.com. Run it all together, freshchilico.com. You can pre-order your 2024 jars of chili so that when it's ready for sale to the public, you'll already have the chili to be able to put in your pantry. I'm doing that with Big Jim Red and Green Blend. Now, I, I like other chilies, but my very favorite, personally, is uh, Big Jim Red and Green Blend. And I like it so much, <laughs> I only have a couple of jars left, and I'm kind of going, oh, when will I use the last jars? I'm trying not to, but you know I'm going to have to. I'll be out soon, and I want to make sure they have enough of this year's bounty of 2024 Big Jim Chili to last me the entire year. So that's what I'm going to get with my pre-order. You can, too, if you wish. Now, the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces sponsors these podcasts. It's an honor to talk about their innovations in chili and salsa and tasty products. You can look at what they have at freshchilico.com, freshchilico.com. I would also recommend they have groups of people sharing their recipes. You can join the Fresh Chili Cooking Facebook group where the members share thousands of recipes featuring hatched chili products. Right now there's about 27,000 members of the group. I'm a member and have po posted something. Looking forward to a chance that somebody listening to these podcasts will post a recipe for podcast chili stew. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and I can assure you my chili podcast stew will have lots and lots of tasty Hatch Valley chili in it. Yum. One thing that happens when people live in Las Cruces or they come visiting in our little slice of paradise, they come by the Fresh Chili Company's gift shop. And it's located at 1160 El Paseo Road, and that's Suite D7A in Las Cruces. It's open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. You can come by the Chili Company's uh, gift shop and see all sorts of uh, different tasty products. You can also get uh, lots of jars of good chili. And it's fresh chili when you pop the top on one of those jars, you get the smell of fresh chili. And that's why they call it the fresh chili. This is Michael Swickard with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, brought to you by the Fresh Chili Company. Thank you for your time today. We'll always have lots of news and stories about New Mexico for you on these podcasts. If you have something or someone you want me to talk about, Write to me, Michael at Fresh Chili Co. That's Michael at Fresh Chili Co. Part of these podcasts come from people suggesting topics to me. You can too. Just write to me. Tell me what you would like me to talk about. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, yes, and eat plenty of that good Hatch Valley chili. Like I always say, some chili's good, more is better as long as it's Hatch Valley chili. Bye for now.